Hello there, you're listening to the second Ansan Football Podcast of the 2021 season. I'm Mike Brandon, long-time chair of Ansan Foreign Supporters Club, and today we're going to be discussing the opening months of the 2021 season for Ansan, and also previewing the upcoming FA Cup clash against Yangpyong. In the first section, I'll be joined by James Walsh and Colin Campbell. And in the second section, we'll be previewing that cup tie with David Spears and James Finney. Enjoy. Hello there, and in this section, we are going to reflect on the first four games of the K2 2021 season and also what it is like watching football in this new pandemic world. I'm joined by James Walsh and Colin Campbell. How are you guys today? Doing good, doing good. Yeah, not bad, gents, not bad. So let's just kick off then with our league position. Ansan are currently riding high in second in the K2. Are you happy with this? What's not to be happy about? Um, Every fan comes in with a little trepidation before the season starts and to get off to a great start like this only good feelings can be had so yeah i'm pleasantly surprised also yeah it's a good surprise right so we're only a point off the top but on the other hand we're not exactly um ahead of the pack either of course it's very early days but what has been any praise or, or any concerns to highlight at this stage so far for the Greeners? I'd say a few signings have stood out. More from last season, Isang Min in the middle of the park. He's been a, a performer that's caught the eye so far. And Yon Jae, a centre-back performer, Suwon FC defender, has forged a steady partnership with Kim Min-ho thus far. So happy with those two signings in particular. I'd say also, yeah, go on, Colin, yeah. Oh, I was going to say one concern I've had would be, you know, just scoring goals up front. A lot of our goals and four of our chances, best chances, have come from PKs. But on the other side of that, comparing to last season, um, you mentioned the midfield picking up we have done much better at time of possession and controlling the ball. A few matches, we've had over 60% time of possession. And when looking at the great start to this year, I think you've got to look at how we've actually done controlling the ball. It hasn't just been a fluke, but it would be nice to put some balls in the net instead of relying on PKs. Yeah, I've got to say, I've been quite shocked at the amount of penalties that we've had. <laughs> I mean, we've had, what is it, four so far this season. So, four from four games. Hope it continues, eh? <laughs> in fact, we'd be joint top of the league had all four been converted, in fact. Of course, um, Kim Leondo, he converted two, of course. Um, and then... And then missed quite catastrophically against Gyeongnam in the dying minutes. So I get that's that is a genuine concern, of course. Where are these op- goals from open play going to come from? Yeah, I think Kanato getting injured in the Anyang win 
was a big loss. However, Robson Duarte came on and replaced him and turned that game on its head for the Greeners. So from every negative, I suppose you can draw a positive. And Duarte also bagged the winner against Asan last Saturday, got the man of the match in that game. So let's hope he can lead us up the table, a charge towards K1. Which again, I am surprised about given his stints at Guangzhou and Seoul Eland didn't exactly set the world alight, but he seems to have turned a corner so far in his time in the Greenish. So, fingers crossed, eh? Yeah, the, the playmaking ability of Canalo is just sorely missed. Uh, we have people who can finish the ball, but he adds a bit of creativity and excitement to the transition from midfield to attack that I think is one thing we need to improve on if we're not going to be relying on PKs for our wins. So if we go through our results then, I think before we, um, in the last pod, we talked about that opening fixture against Gimchon, um, which 1-1, Ansan gave a very impressive first half performance and a not so good second half one. Um, I think at the time he said that was a good result. Um, Gimshon then went on to have a shocker, but they've also picked up. We then went and won the Line 4 derby, which of course is always you know, uh, one, of the, one of the fixtures we look for at the start of the season. And then you know, we lost at Gyeongnam, but I don't think Ansan were out of that game at any point. I mean, it could easily have finished 2-2 had that um, injury time penalty being converted. And then I think we were very, it wasn't the best game, but I think we were a good value for our win last time out as well. So which of these performances do you think stand out as a positive and which one is one that we'd like to see or perhaps highlights some of the problems Ansan might face going forward this season? Well, personally, I believe the line for Derby win against Sanyang was our biggest of the season so far. I was thinking early on we might be in for a tough afternoon after Lee Sung Bin got beat as near post by Mo Jae Hyun. However, we recovered well, as I say, with Kanoto going off in that game and Duarte coming on to replace him. That changed our fortunes. And you could perhaps say we were a bit lucky in the penalty awards that we did get via the handball decisions, but some would argue that they were penalties. So, yeah, that stood out for me because that's always a tough place to go to. I'd also say our opening fixture against Gimchon, we played well in that game. Lee Jun-hee scored that screamer with the outside of his foot early on. And we were unlucky not to come away with all three points. Had Lee Sung Bin not let one in from Jong Won Jin from range, we would off, in my opinion. But a point against the early, well, a lot of people tipped them the early favourites to go up automatically. Gim Chon Sang Mu is not a bad point at all, in my opinion. Yeah. Um... Coming out strong against Gimchun, which was a game that we were all worried about because they're such a strong team, uh, really set the tone for the year, I think. Uh, 
the keeper play, other than the near post goal that James just mentioned, has been pretty spectacular, which is one solid carrying over from years past. The near post goal, though, did come off a deflection. So he was kind of out of position because a shot was deflected and then the near post goal was hit. So there's not too much blame on him for that, I would, I would say. Yeah, perhaps I'm being a bit unfair as well. Ever since changing his name from Yi Song to Yi Sung Bin, I think that's brought a change in look for the keeper as well. And he did make a terrific save from... Jonathan, the Anyang striker, from a header in that game as well. So, yeah, Isung Bin's impressed me. Had me eating my words this week, so I'm, I'm happy to <laughs> gobble them up. So, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, it, ha- it has been a concern, especially since we've had this rotator, two different managers in 2019 and 2020, but they still had an almost 50-50 split between who was going to be between the sticks each game. So it's good to have had a consistency at that position. And I think he made the difference against Asan. The game was a little turgid, but I think he stood out a lot in that match. I think he, it wasn't about saves. It was about, he looked like he had some assurance about his area and some command. Perhaps it's the, the back line in front of him now is also you know, allowing a bit better communication, etc. Yeah, like I say, I think it's ever since Yon Jae Min came in. We were thinking before the season started that Ian Jay, when he departed solely, then that was going to be a massive miss. But luckily, well, touch wood so far, we've been pretty solid at the back. So, yeah, I credit Yon Jae Min's leadership as a factor there. So, I think also to point out a little bit of trivia that you may have picked up on, but um, Lee Sang-min was actually sent off in that Asan game but actually it was because Lee Sang-min challenged Lee Sang-min which I thought that was a little <laughs> bit of an interesting uh, pub quiz in a few years question um, to see to see an actual namesake foul someone to then get red carded is quite and the fact that that is possibly the biggest takeaway from that from that match perhaps tells you about um <laughs> about the quality of the game itself. But again, if we're coming away with one nil wins in, in poor games, I think that's really a sign that we might actually be able to at least be in the, in the framework to ask the question, can we be in the playoffs come the back end of the season? Yeah, I'd say it's early days, but given that Asan gave Busan a hiding four nil a week prior to our game last Saturday, tells you how impressive that three points were, in my opinion. Mm. We've got Busan up next in the league after the KFA Cup second round tie against Yangpyong FC. And that would be a tricky game. Always going to the Goo Dock, it's a tough place to go. Anbyong Jun has just got a brace against Kim Chon Sangmu last time out, so that doesn't exactly bold well for the Greens, but I say you have to go into every game with the spring in our step at the minute. Perhaps the, the FA Cup break is coming at a bad time for Ansan, but you could also argue that is the case for Busan as well, given that they bounced back last weekend. In fact, there's a, given the club's social media output, we might finally see our Indonesian import on Sunday. 
when we travel to Yangpyeong, as Nari may finally step onto the pitch. Is that going to be another step in the right direction for the Green Wolves? What do you think, Colin? You think we could need some help at the back in full-back slots? Um, I had one question. Is the game in Yangpyeong? On yeah. I thought I, I thought I saw a Facebook post that said it was in Wa Stadium on Sunday. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's, it's away. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so at the back, we are putting a lot of pressure on the newly renamed Sungbin is yeah. to to come up with the majority of the defense. Uh, I would like to see more physical play at the back. Uh, it was very disappointing um, to see kind of the, I don't want to call it fancy, but trying to get maybe too technical and giving up a last, you know, five minute goal, trying to dribble around in the backfield instead of just lowering your shoulder and turning it towards the side. So maybe not just a new player, but a new ethos, you know, mm. tough. Yeah. Bruisers. I think what Colin's alluding to is Williams brace for Gyeongnam. Mm. And you could argue that both of his goals in that game came from lapses in concentration yeah. from our defensive back line. In particular, the first one where Kim Minho went to clear a ball without looking. William closed him down, double quick, and then the ball was in the back of the net before Sung Bin could react. And also the headed winner that he got in that game that was really lackadaisical in the fullback positions, just not switching on enough and trying to be too technical in the 89th minute, I believe it was. So right. it beggared belief, to be honest. <laughs> Is this perhaps a yeah, byproduct of the new possession-based football we seem to be focusing on this season, though? Possibly, yeah. That's a great insight there. We want to control the ball in the middle and the front. I guess it has to start from the back. Yeah, and as Mike touched on earlier, we haven't been out of any games thus far, so I cannot be overly critical of Kim Gilshik's tactics to date. So it just stung a bit in that game, given that we were value for at least a point, in my opinion. I think being overly critical of that play in the 89th minute would deserve, you know, is deserving. Mm. That, like you said, that would almost defied belief how he turned the ball up towards the middle instead of the side and how he held on to it instead of just clearing it. Yeah, I think, yeah, considering that Kim Minho brought parity, he made up for his error with that close range finish to get the equaliser, get back on level terms in that match. You know, only then four minutes later to capitulate again, kind of yeah, left a bit of taste in the mouth. But, you know, it's indicative of the K2, in my opinion. Not many teams rest on a point and there always seems to be that injury time flurry where teams go gung-ho 
and all their energy is expended into the last few minutes of matches. So, okay. so as we move, swings and roundabouts. So. so as we move towards the end of this section, just what do you think of the match day experience then? We can go into the stadium, but any opinions? Is it good to be able to get in there or is it kind of frustrating that it's, it's so restricted? Well, um, setting up the account, you need the Payco and the ticket link. Two apps to buy one ticket is a bit frustrating as a foreigner. Um, but once you get that account set up, the process is quite streamlined and efficient. And I was very impressed with the, with the order and the foresight that the administrative team has had getting people safely in and out of the stadium. Right. And my hat's off to the security. Those guys are top notch. Nothing gets by them. Okay, right. Actually, yeah, it's certainly the actual ones you're at the stadium, but the, the standard method was because Ansan's such a large stadium that tickets were typically purchased on the day from the kiosk, right? But it's obviously moved, it's only allowed to be online so they can designate seats. But as I said, there are some issues with attempting to purchase tickets online here. It's not been a simple process. So I, th I wonder how many, particularly as we're trying to bring in more fans with the Asnawi signing, how that may have put off some people potentially coming to the stadium. So that's something that perhaps needs to, to be considered. Okay, now, just as we've closed this section then, let's take a look at our next four sec our April fixtures. We've got Busan away, we've got Jeonnam at home, then we've got Buchan away, and then we close out April with a home tie against Daejeon. How many points do you think we're going to be taking from those four games? Well, I think Busan away, as I mentioned earlier, that's a tough place to go and yield anything from. But I look at John Am at home as a, a winnable fixture. It's just a case of, I believe, resting the majority of our best 11 against Yangpyong and then going full strength against I Park next Saturday and then see if we can keep up the momentum that we had, you know, post the Chungnam Asan victory. So, mm. yeah, tough ass though, those fixtures. Yeah, it's a, a back and forth, home away, home and away stretch. Um, I would venture to say we'll come away with one win, one tie and two losses. Ever the optimist, Colin, eh? <laughs> well, I think we can beat the Dragons. Well, maybe we can beat 1995 too. So yeah. I'll go two wins, two losses. Dejon and Busan, both behind us in the standings, but both strong teams. They're not called the Dragons for no reason. <laughs> well, to any listeners out there, now that Colin and I have both said that we're going to beat John Am. They can put their house on John Am coming away with three points in that game. Now. <laughs> well, I'd certainly, I'd actually, I don't think it's unrealistic for Ansan to take seven points from the next three games. And then I think Dejon is going to be the trickiest tie, even though 
it's at the Wild Stadium. But we'll see. It's been a surprising start. Will it continue to be so, or will the next podcast be done in a very downbeat and dour manner? So let's wait and see. And I'll say thanks, guys, for joining us today. Peace out. Cheers. Okay, welcome to the KFA Cup segment of um, this podcast, and I'm joined by James Finney and David Spears, longtime residents, of course, of the Ansan Football Parish. So it's uh, FA Cup second round weekend when things are going to get more serious in the competition. Teams like Ansan come in, dutifully bow out. But of course, before we take a look at Sunday's match, James, how important do you think this competition is to Ansan? Yeah, that is a good question. Well, how important is the competition to any team? Well, maybe get get, get uh, Dave to uh, talk about that in a, in a while. But uh, judging by the recent results in past years, it would appear that the, the cup is not a priority for Ansan. But then if the cup's not a priority, that would suggest that the league is. And uh, Mike, maybe you can mention it in a while if that is also the case. So looking at the previous results, they've gone out fairly early and we've seen some fairly disastrous uh, performances as well. The one that springs to mind, 2019, Poisson. Uh, I would like to say it was, a, it was a cup shock, but we were both there and we watched it. And uh, on the day we uh, surmised that it would have been a shock if Ansan would have gone through. So uh, my question is, how important is the cup? in general, not just to Amsterdam. So, Dave, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I agree. Very few teams, uh, K1, K2 teams, seem to take it seriously. Um, the one or two teams that actually do tend to make really good progress. Um, Suwon, Suwon Samsung have really seemed to target it over the last few years. Um, and I'm really surprised that more teams don't take it more seriously. Um, it's a knockout competition. It goes straight to extra time and penalties. So I don't really see it having a big effect on any team's league season. So something I would like to see answer and take, a, take really seriously, really try and target going far in the competition. It's uh, funny that you mentioned the Hwasan game as well, because that was an away match, but it was played at 1.30, I believe, as I recall, kickoff on an afternoon. And we arrived of just a few minutes, just on time. But we were definitely, you know, walking towards the gates before 1.30, but the match had already kicked off. Um, so unless all of our watches and GP, you know, synchronized internet time was wrong, it, it, it wasn't a good look, I think, for the, for the competition. It was a very, I think, blase um, approach. But, you know, um, you do say, like, more teams should should take it seriously and actually you know it's a cliche but is a good opportunity for teams like Ansan to actually have something to play for that said it has been a fairly decent start to the league um, so we'll see about that but I, I don't think there's enough other games in the season for a cup to actually impact on a domestic league campaign so I would also like to see Ansan do a bit better and um, because you know of all the Ansan teams we've had here in the city, you know, the best run was 2016 when the, the police team managed to make it you know, all the way to the round of 16, you know, going out two on to FC Seoul. It was kind of a good effort, I think. And it's, I think for fans of Ansan, that's probably more memorable than 
any league moments really we've had. Um, I always like to take every opportunity to remind everyone of 2011 and Ulsan Hyundai's visit to the WAS Stadium where Captain Shin Jae Pil headed the ball into his own goal from what must have been 35 yards or more. It was certainly one of the most impressive headers I've ever seen. And it just, um, again, it's, it's about those moments and memories, good or bad, that you can take away from a, from a knockout tournament that you don't get so much in a, in a league campaign. Okay, so of course, Ansan, they're going to get underway on Sunday against Yang Pyong FC. So, David, what can you actually tell us about the K4 side? Yeah, well, um, Yang Pyong's a fairly new team. Um, 2016, they started off. So, they've only been going for a few years. Um, but they came in pretty strong. They were in the K3 for the first uh, four seasons before dropping down to the K4. Um, that's not a decision, that wasn't a relegation, that was a decision they made. Um, the K4 is easier for um, teams to compete in financially, so that's why they decided to go into there. Um, it's difficult to say exactly how good they are. This season, there's a, always a really big turnover of players, and obviously the season's just starting off. But yeah, um, I think they can be pretty strong opposition, but they should be a team that Anson can take care of, I think. It's an interesting point when you talk about the financials here. What actual rewards are there for going far in the, in the KFA Cup? I don't know the numbers, but certainly uh, I have seen a couple of things on, say, online criticising the fact that there isn't really a big financial incentive for teams to do well. Um, I believe it's only a couple of hundred thousand dollars it works out as um, for actually winning the competition. So I don't think there's that strong financial incentive for teams to do well. It is more about having a cup run and maybe having a chance at getting some silverware. Is there, it seems uh, like things are pointing to this not being of great importance to the league or the teams. Yeah. Usually you've got different tiers. If you think about the Premier League, for example, you've got different tiers within that. You've got the top tier where they're fighting on all fronts. It's the league and the cuts. And then you've got the teams in the middle. They're kind of assured that they'll be in the Premier League for that season and then they'll stay in the Premier League. So they'll target the cup. And then you've got the teams below that who are maybe just trying to stay up. So the cup is a bit of a distraction. Maybe if things are going badly, they can maybe revive their league with a good run. But I don't know if that translates into the Korean setup. Yeah, it's always difficult translating from another country into the Korean setup, yeah. for sure. You know, just like the financial side of it, the crowds that come along. Um, but, I mean, going back to the point of Ansan, for fans, what's going to be more important? You know, what's going to be more memorable? A, a cup run or, you know, a, a strong mid-table finish this season? Um, and for Yampion as well, as I said, they decided to drop into K4, so they presumably don't have ambitions to get back up to K3. So the Cup playing a, a full-time team in Ansan and, you know, maybe going on and getting another victory against looking forward Asan or something like that. I mean, that's achievable for them, they will be thinking. And that's something that they'd really want to do, you'd think. Perhaps also interesting for Yang Pyong is this game may well be one of the most watched 
FA Cup games in Korean history um, at this stage anyway, given that it looks like the Indonesian signing is Asnawi is actually going to make his first appearance this Sunday. So do you think that can translate into you know positive things for, for Kaylee clubs to, to get the message around, you know, get the branding around? Or is that more, again, is that inconsequential or something that the KFA needs to do more with in terms of the, the more extrinsic rewards for this competition? Um, I think uh, it can certainly do no harm. Um, we'll have to wait and see um, how much of an interest is shown. But I mean, if it's his debut and he is someone who's on at least the fringes of the international team for Indonesia, then yeah, it can certainly do no harm and hopefully have a, a big positive effect. For me, it's always been quite interesting to see how the foreign players, the foreign imports do in this league. And especially for Anderson, of course, we've had uh, several Brazilians over the years and it's been interesting to see how they do. But I think the problem is in sort of trying to maintain that interest is that the players come and go so frequently, so quickly. It might just be a season and then they're gone and then maybe I guess the fans will follow if they're an inter from an international following. I think that's a real problem with all players at Korean teams. I mean, as I said, I was having a quick look at the Yang Pyong team such a huge turnover of players um so many new players this year that it's really difficult to say um how well they'll do um one thing i noticed as well with k4 teams um they actually have players that are on military service as well so the players that are actually a little bit well known for k4 teams tend to be just dropping in doing their military service for a year and then leaving again so um it's if foreign players come and go, but I think Korean players do just as much. <laughs> okay, well, how about some predictions then? So Ansan managed to dispatch a K4 team at this stage uh, last season when they beat Shihung 3-0. Will there be a repeat this time or are we in for a nasty surprise? Well, I expect to win. That's always dangerous territory, especially <laughs> where uh, Ansan are concerned and I don't have a particularly good track record when I actually go to watch the games. So maybe I should watch this from home. But I think, yeah, let's stay positive. I'm expecting a win. Um, yeah, I think anything other than a win um, is not worth thinking about. So uh, what I'll say is, though, I think it'll be a very close game. Um, I know this champion play 4-5-1. I'm sure that won't change. So I'll go for a 1-0 win for Ansan. Given the lack of open play goals this season, that seems like a wise prediction. So I think we're all nailing our, our colours to the Ansan winning mast. And yep, so let's hope that we're here again in another month or so to talk about the next round of, of the Cup. Okay, so thanks, guys, and we'll see you next time. Okay, Pleasure. thanks. Before signing off, there's been a development in Sunday's cup tie. So you'll remember in the first section, Mr. Campbell pointed out that it looks like the game is actually being advertised as a fixture to be played in the WA Stadium, despite it being drawn as an away one for Ansan. And it looks like that is indeed the case, but it will be played behind closed doors. So if Asnawi will be making his debut 
fans will not be able to see it live in the stadium. So however you get to watch that game, hopefully we'll be watching Ansan progress to the next round. Take care.